0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer
1: at Now here's the message.
0: When we study the Bible, we need to see it, the whole picture. Uh, and so I always say when we're reading, especially Old Testament books, uh, the, the part in your study Bible that explains the history and the overview and who wrote it and what was going on, I, don't skip that part. And I know maybe some of you have maps in your Bible, and you're like, well, I live in Ohio. Well, it, it's actually kind of important. I think you can kind of start to see, like, these are real people in real places in real times. And so I want to welcome you in. We're going we're gonna to finish the book of Joshua. But We are on a journey as a church uh, for the next, well, it's going to be about another year and a half of going through the entire Bible. Uh, and so we started, obviously, in Genesis, and now we're in the book of Joshua. We'll be in the book of Judges next week. And we are faithfully reading that every day of the week. Sometimes you'll miss a day. It's okay. God still loves you. But if you want to jump in on that, you can get that on our website. It gives you daily readings, both in the, in the Old Testament, New Testament, and then also in the Psalms. And so please be opening the Word of God. And if you have a Word of God today, if you have a Bible, I actually really want you to have a, a Bible in your hand. Uh, there's some along these walls if you don't. But open up to Joshua, chapter 23 and 24, the, really the end of it. Uh, And to kind of start this this line of thought, uh, I've been married for 15 years, Um, and I can still remember. I don't know if anybody's married in the room or even wants to be married one day. There's there's things that you promise when you get married, and I still remember uh, what I promised. I I still remember the vows that I made. I still remember that there's this covenant, there's this weighty thing that I was going to do between me and Anna that was going to be forever, and it was going to be like I'm going to forsake all others. I am, I am going to only look at you, babe, for the rest of my life like I'm looking at you right now. I will forsake all other women. I'm going to love you in sickness or in health. Uh, even if it gets bad, even if we don't have any money, even if you're sick or I'm sick, we're going to love each other. We're not backing out of this. You, like, I'm going to love you and you alone. Now what's interesting is, as I read the end of Joshua, this is what he asked the people to do with God. He asked them to reestablish their covenant with God. Like, choose. I want you to choose who you're going, to who you're going to follow, who's going to be your God, which I think is a funny thing to do. If you read the whole book of Joshua, God has like broken down the walls of Jericho. He's, he's saved them. He's kind of rebuked them a couple times. There's just been this mighty move of God where he's been faithful to the end. God is faithful. And it's amazing to me that after all of that, Joshua was like, all right, you won all the battles. Here's the map for the promised land. Choose who you're gonna serve. Like, that's the moment again. It's almost like, you ever you had an older couple and they do, like a, they do another marriage ceremony at like 60. This is what God is doing. He's like, I've been faithful. I, I promised Abraham and I promised your father's and I promised Moses, and then that promise passed on to Joshua, and now you're here, and you have all the fulfillment of the promise, the promised land flowing with milk and honey. I've done my part now. will Will you marry me again? And what's interesting is I think as we're gonna celebrate communion at the end of today, I think Jesus asked some of us a similar question. I think Jesus has been faithful to every person in this room, far outnumbering the times that we've been faithful. He's won the battles. He's taken our sin. And at the end of the day, he's like, will you, will you marry me again? Will you come to me again? Uh, we're going to talk about that. But in Joshua 24, we're going to start in verse 14. I think the same choice that Joshua puts before the people, God puts before you and I today. What you'll notice as you're turning there is this is one of those coffee cup verses. This is, we love verses like this. Like, we put this on Christian, like, paraphernalia. Uh, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now, this is the coffee cup verse. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anybody have that on a plaque on their wall? What up, bro? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I think it's at my grandparents' house. It's like on a plate, you know? It's got a little angel on it. It's like, me and my house, we'll serve. Like, it's a great statement, right? And I hope you're all in here and you want to make that statement. But as for me and mine... We're serving the Lord. But there's a, I just want to break it down. Like, number one, he says choose. God gives them a choice. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. All right, so all, up to this point, God has already done a whole lot of stump things, broken down walls, won battles, saved them time and time again, even when they've, they've stolen goods they weren't supposed to take. They stoned the guy that did that. That's the, a calm part. That's really sad, but it's what happened. And now they're past this moment where God has been faithful, God has been good, God has saved them, God has covenanted with them. And then he goes, through Joshua, choose. And you and I, I think it's amazing that we have a God that is the God of the Bible, who is abounding in steadfast love, who is faithful to the end. And he goes, you know what? Choose. Choose this day. And I don't think Normally we think, well, I just make that cho- I made that choice when I was 17, I made that choice when I was four, I made that choice when I was born and I slid down a pew into baptism, well, I'm cho- I chose, you know, like, but I, I think it's choose this day, and tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to choose Jesus again. This is this daily carrying of the cross, this is this daily committing to be crucified in my flesh. And to live by the Spirit of God. This is like a daily choice. I'm going to choose the things of God. This is why, even when Jesus teaches us to pray, pray like this: our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. There's this, this idea that I think we think it's just this one momentary moment. But when I I choose to love Anna every day, I can certainly choose not to, correct, gentlemen? I can choose other women, I could, it'd make me a really bad husband, and so choose this day who your God will be, is what Joshua says to the people, and I think God's echoes to us through scripture, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Doesn't that just sound like a bravado, manly statement, like, you know, like, Joshua's like, like one of those, like manly, like with a sword, and he's like, "Me and my house, we serve the Lord." Like it's just like a, like it feels like that. I don't think he was yelling. I, I think he knew, he understood what it would cost. I think he understood what he was saying to the people, and he even's going to say he understands that some of them will not. They will say that they will, but they will not. And so I hope you have this desire. Like I, I, I want the the pro- proclamations, the declarations of of this house, of your lives, of your houses, to match this one. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I hope you're yelling that. I hope you speak that over your kids. I, I've had to say that to my kids. Like, why do we go to church so much? Because dad's a pastor. No, because me and, me and my house, we serve Jesus. We do what Jesus wants, not what we want. Why do you pray so much? Like, because I love talking to Jesus. Like, do you, do you see how it's, there's a choice and a daily, like, we're going to serve God today. And so I know we love declarations. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I am a follower of Jesus. But I think it behooves us, which I think is a great word, behooving to stop. Before we, okay, Jesus saved me, Jesus took my sin, Jesus has been faithful, choose, are you serving the Lord? You, not me, and not not an organization, but you as an individual, as a part of this body, are you in your house serving the Lord? Are you? And I don't mean like in a lofty, heavenly idea. I mean in a practical, like give and take of money, how you're generous, how you're joyful, how you pray. Did you pray this week? Did you go to the very word of God for what to do and how to do it? And so we can get so disconnected and go, well, 17 years ago I chose, and I'm going, well, did you choose them yesterday and the day before and tomorrow when you wake up and your first fleshly thought is, what's going on on Instagram? Are you going to choose him and, and instead of the other thing? So choose this day and then let God, by his spirit, do that, that examination. I love King David. He's constantly going like, Lord, I want the meditations of my heart to be pleasing to you. Search me, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Like there's these, like search me, God, make sure I'm not a hypocrite. And I think that, that stopping and pausing, is needed sorely in Christianity today. We, we are just getting jerked around by culture, joining the Facebook dialogue, which is never holy, as far as I can tell. It's just like people popping off their opinions. Who do you belong to? And if you say, I belong to the Lord, and me and my house, we serve him, make sure it matches your declaration. Is is your house a place of prayer and worship? When did Jesus break into your life this week and you did what he wanted, not what you wanted? You can tell who the master is by who gets to make the decisions. And so people of God, here's this choice given to this old covenant people, and I believe us as a new covenant people have the same choice to make today. He continues in verse 16. Then the people answered him, What were they answering? Well, who are you going to serve, people? They answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us up, us and our fathers, up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land, therefore... We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. They answer how I think we would answer, right? Like if I was like, hey, hey, cobblestone, are we going to serve God? I hope that you'd be like, yeah, I hope. We're going to serve the Lord our God on him only. We're going to dedicate ourselves to the things of the Lord. Where else would we go, Jesus? But then Joshua says something I think insightful i don't know if it's prophetic i don't know if he's just like you guys are idiots but this is what he says in verse 19 but joshua said to the people you are not able to serve the lord for he is a holy god he's a jealous god he will not forgive your transgressions or your sins if you forsake the lord and serve foreign gods then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good and the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. And then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. And then he said, and this is where it's going to meet today, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God will serve we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So, it, so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and he put in place statutes and rules for them, etc. Now, here's, here's the thing. We know they didn't, right? If you keep reading, and we're going to keep reading, they are not going to incline their heart to the Lord their God They're not going to obey. They are going to intermarry. They are going to set up Asherah poles. They are going to put idols in every place of the nation. They are going to go into exile. So God's faithful still, even when it's not a good, like, you're like, I wish you wouldn't be faithful to that. But he told them what was going to happen. He said, be sure that God knows your heart and that when you say the Lord is our God, but then you turn and you cheat on him, He's going to hold you accountable. Does that not add weight to what they're doing? And this is the nature of covenants. We don't talk about covenants in the church. We don't talk about them at all as much as we should, but God comes to Noah. Did you know that God made a covenant with Noah? I mean, the rainbow got hijacked, but that's Christian. Noah gets a covenant, and he didn't have to do anything. God just said, I'm never going to destroy the world like this again. What did Noah have to do? Nothing. Trust God. And he did. And then God comes to a man named Abram. Abraham. Father Abraham. Amen. That guy. Church kids. And he makes a covenant. I'm going to bless the entire world through you. Now, here's the thing. Even Abraham, he falters a little bit in trusting. He tries to solve the non baby problem on his own. And yet, God's still faithful. And in the end, he takes, take your only son and sacrifice him to me. And what does he do? He trusts God. He walks it out. And in that moment where he's about to sacrifice his son, God provides a replacement, an animal stuck in a thicket and he sacrifices the animal instead and then God comes to Moses and God comes to David and God comes to all these men and he makes promises and they go you will be our God and we will be your people and it seems like two chapters later they're not and then God meets them with some judgment some discipline to draw them back into a one I'm just going to go one woman one man but like, in a marriage that's pure a relationship that's holy. A relationship that has eyes for only one. And I think as Christians, we, we need to be challenged to say, hey, God doesn't want just mindless robots that have accepted the grace of the cross of Jesus. Oh, my sins are forgiven. Now I'm free. I can do what I want. No, now you're in a covenant. Now you're in a relationship that changes everything. And when you just boil down Christianity to a transaction... I give you my sin, and my guilt, and my shame, and I don't have to go to hell anymore. And in exchange, I get freedom, I get life, I get righteousness, and I get heaven, but I don't have to do anything else. That's not the gospel. That's not what was exchanged. And so even you see this in the New Testament sense. And so if you have a Bible, we're going to study one more verse, 1 Corinthians 11. This is our covenant. This is where we kind of belly up to the bar and go, I join the Lord. He and he alone will be my God. In 1 Corinthians 11, um, Paul is actually kind of disciplining a church for doing communion wrong, for making this covenantal meal, doing it wrong and doing it poorly. And I just want to break apart that you and I, when we do communion today, are actually declaring into the heavenly supernatural places that we belong to God and he's our Lord and him alone. And if you do it wrong, there's actually consequences. And they're actually kind of crazy once we get into them. But I want you to think about this I, I know that I love Anna and her alone. What if I didn't forsake all others? What if on my wedding day I was like, you and you alone, babe? I forsake all other women, but then a week later I'm dating three others. Am I a good husband? Did I actually mean my vows? No, I'm a horrible man, and I should not be married to Anna. She would be, rightly slap me or stab me in my sleep. She's, she's a crazy woman. Uh, love you, babe. What, but what if I didn't forsake all others? Would She should rightfully be mad at me, right? She should rightfully, with tears in her eyes, go, you promised. You said I would be the only one. What what if she got sick? And I mean bad sick. Cancer sick. Couldn't care for herself sick. And I left. And I was like, this is too much. Bye. What kind of husband am I? Have I held up to my promises and my vows? What if I was like, babe, I love you but I love them too. All of that is, is a level of like evilness almost, right? And when we come to Jesus, we're like, well he loves me and he loves you. The love of God poured out for you, wow. But I don't think it's a light thing that the covenant people, the people like in a marriage, that's, that's the, the, big, the biggest picture of a covenant is marriage that you and I have. That's the picture that God has with his people, and we keep cheating on him. And then going, why have you forsaken me? Because you're sleeping around. And so today's like, don't, don't purify your heart. Check your heart. Really root out the other lovers and the other things and go, I don't want them anymore, and I want the declarations of my mouth to match my heart. And so in 1 Corinthians 11, you have where we enter into covenant, and I'll explain it as we go. Um, Paul's going to just explain what Jesus enacted in the Gospels. So on the night before he was crucified, Jesus gathers all his disciples, and he says to them a statement that always makes me almost cry. He says, I have longed to eat this meal with you. I've eagerly desired to sit here and eat this meal with you because he knows what's coming, he knows what he's about to do, and he's with his friends, and his, his brothers, and his followers, and he's going to enact the meal that we still eat today, except we've belittled it, and that's why I think it's robbed of some of its power. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was portrayed, took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup. And after supper, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, verse 26, important. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Interesting that when we take communion here in a second, uh, what we're proclaiming is the death of Jesus into the heavenlies, over the earth, in our own hearts and souls, that Jesus died for me. Now, if you just start, let's just break it apart. I like to slow down long enough and picture myself sitting at the table with Jesus. When you read scripture, don't just read it to get it in your head. Get it in your heart. Let it read you, man. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So you're holding the bread that represents the body of Jesus, which was torn, which was flogged, which is just ripped apart for me and you, and you rip it. And when you break it later, he says, do this in remembrance. So I remember. I remember how you lived a sinless life. I remember how you said let the little children come to me. I remember how you healed and delivered. I remember that you said it's better. Like blessed are the meek. It's better to give. I, I like this I remember it all. And ultimately what I remember, I I I remember the cross. I remember that the wrath of God was poured out. I remember that my sin you bore. I remember that you died i remember that you said it is finished i remember that they put you in a grave and they wept i remember that they waited three days thinking it was over and i remember that you rose again from the dead and i remember that you said like this is what we're doing we are, and it's not just, I'm bringing, I'm bringing it into my, ver- I, I'm declaring it over me, that it was effective, that it was efficacious, that it did something, that there's power in the cross of Jesus Christ. It is not robbed 2,000 years later. He's still doing what he was doing then. Beckoning sinful men and women to enter into a covenant relationship with God. He's the mediator of it, so it's not anymore Abraham sacrificing his son and an alternate animal was substituted. The blood of Jesus was substituted. That's why it's effective. That's why it's permanent. That's why when we declare it, it's like, I am so free, you couldn't put me back into slavery if you wanted to and I don't want any other levers because the precious blood of Jesus saved me. These are basic Christianity and we always wanna like, give me the mature stuff. This is the weighty stuff. This is the beautiful stuff. This is the stuff, if we can get this into our hearts, minds, soul, this body, nothing will stop us. The kingdom will come. But we first have to actually stop, I think, and go, choose who you're going to serve. Who you're going to serve. Are you going to remember? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. So I've actually been taking communion every day. Like, we have these little cups. They probably cost like $17 a piece, but whatever. They're not cheap. I know that. And they're prepackaged. And the bread doesn't taste like bread. But it's not about the bread. It's not about the juice. It's not a magic formula. It, it, it's the declaration, the spiritual declaration that I am His and He is mine, and that His blood was the payment for my selfishness and my sin. And every time I cheated on God and I said, I don't need you, I don't want you, I want other lovers, that's what that blood does. It cleanses me from that. And then he gets the cup. And we get so caught up in, like, is it juice or is it wine? It was wine. And it doesn't matter. The blood of my new covenant. Do you hear the language, though? This is the new thing God's doing. The old thing was by the death of bulls and the death of doves and the death of animals, the guilt was paid for, it was covered over. But now once and for all, the son of God, God in the flesh, the image of the invisible, he put himself to death for you. And when you drink that cup, you are drinking the blood. You're taking part in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Therefore, in our insides, we're declaring, I am free and I am a part of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which is the last part. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. If you're proclaiming Jesus' death, you know what else? Whose other death you're proclaiming? Yours. Which is the part we like to skip over. I knew that when I said, I forsake all others, Anna, I was putting to death all other loves. And I know, biblically, that when I say, I am going to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, I'm also proclaiming mine. How do you say that, Andrew? Glad that you asked. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Is that just Paul? Or were you crucified with Christ? So you're up there too, Right? The sinful part of you, the part that loves you, the part that hates people, the parts that's selfish, the parts that's sinful, the part that you don't like, the part that you hide, that was on the cross. So yeah, Jesus died, and I died with him. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So this is what we're declaring. You hear my voice echoing on the live stream in the atrium? That's fun. I'll just stop yelling. Romans 6, 8, if you just want to mark that down. Now, now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. This is the message of all the gospels and all the epistles. You and I, we're dead. Our spiritual bankruptcy was paid for, and now we belong wholeheartedly. I am in love, I'm married to, I'm going to a marriage supper with the lamb one day. And what? Oh, what an honor and so when my old flesh goes will you marry me again that's how I it's like a golem voice in my head I don't know how your sin tempts you but that's how you know what I'm saying when it pops up it's like do you want another love I'm like no I want to put it to death I want to love God and God alone because that's what I was made for he made me and made me for him you were made for God you were made for the Lord Jesus came so that you might come back into what you were made for. And so when we take this meal, it comes with this beautiful declaration, but it also comes with a warning, like a weighty warning. Keep reading with me in 1 Corinthians 11, then I promise we'll, we'll land this thing. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now this is verse 30, which I said this this is interesting. That is why many of you are weak and ill, And some have died. They don't really teach that one in Sunday school, do they? They don't bring that up when they're taking communion in the the other places I've been, for sure. Now, just so you know, visitor, if you take this bad, God might kill you. They don't, they skip that part, right? Paul makes a crazy connection. That if you do this in an unworthy manner where you're cheating on God, you're not declaring his death, you don't belong to him at all, and you take this, you're actually reaping condemnation because his blood cries out. You're taking something holy, not the physical and inanimate object, not the actual blood. And This is not a Catholic thing. This is a spiritual declaration into the heavenlies that I'm a part, a participant. I belong to that. And when I don't, There's divine justice against it. So I don't know about you. This makes me want to be like, I don't even know if I want to do that today. That's what it should do. This is the the remarriage service. That's what communion does. Every time you eat of this, do it in remembrance of me. And when you drink this cup, you're declaring, I covenant with you. I come into relationship with you. That's, in fact, what I've been praying every time I take communion every day. Number one, I remember God. I remember in my body, in my mind, in my words that you are all that you said you were. The word is true. And then I take the cup and I go, and I come back. I covenant my life with you. My life is yours. Now, when you think covenant, this is the word I want you to, you can almost exchange it, kind of almost biblically, but it's the idea of partnership. Partnerships are what marriages are supposed to be, right? Now, the cool thing is that God actually He makes a lot of promises in his side of the partnership. He brings far more to the table, does he not? The beautiful thing is, is as we join God in a covenant, in a partnership, you know what he wants to do? He wants to use you to bring his kingdom to the earth, which then just just, makes me giddy. So then staying home with the kids every day, mom, dad, whoever stays home with them, is kingdom work. Because God wants to set his kingdom put his kingdom in your kids' hearts and lives, and you are declaring that you're a part of it. That makes, that makes Miami University a heavenly environment, not just an earthly one, because you're taking the kingdom of God there, students. This means as we partner with God, woo! I just want to yell today, I just do. And so this is what we're going to do, because he says it here, let a person examine himself. Paul says that. Joshua says that. It seems like throughout the Bible, they're like, before you declare that you belong to God, you best be sure that you do. This is just not how we do premarital counseling. You best be sure that she's the one, and you're going to be faithful to her and her alone. And so as we come to God today, the Bible says in Hebrew that our God is a consuming fire, that we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. But before we rush in, I, I just want to enter into a place of prayer, invite the worship team back up, and then I'm going to lead us also. In a second, I'm going to lead us all through taking communion together. But before we do it inappropriately, I want to give you permission to not. Did you hear me? Last night, I'm laying in my bed, and I knew this sermon was coming, and I know that communion is this weighty thing. And I, a brother came to mind that, like, we just haven't been clicking on the same click. And immediately the spirit was like, you better do something about this or you're not taking communion. So I, I'm like almost asleep when the spirit of the Lord convicts my heart. I literally exam, let him examine me. And I went, brother, I'm sorry. I love you. And like, Reconciliation happened right there on my phone at 11, 11 o'clock last night. Don't do this in an unworthy manner. So if you don't belong to Jesus... No one won't even know. You don't even have to move. We actually get it on your seat because of COVID. So leave it there. Leave it there. If you are a brother or sister in Christ and you are going to make this declaration, my only ask is as we pray, Holy Spirit, search me, you would let God do this heart-level work to bring freedom. It might get ugly. It might be like, you're cheating on me and I'm unhappy with you. And you might have to get on your face and repent before you take this. It might be you have hated a brother or sister. And there's this beautiful calling throughout scripture that if you're giving your offerings and you remember that your brother has a problem with you, leave your offering there and go deal with that and then do that. I think that applies to communion. I think as we get into this declaring that we belong to God, it is not just a physical thing. It's one of the sacraments. So like, we didn't just dunk people in water last week for fun. You know that? In baptism? It's a physical act, sure. It's water from Oxford, Ohio. It has a spiritual weight to it that has been lost to the church. That's like cutting off the old man, cutting demonic strongholds. You're like, there's power in it because Jesus told us to do it. Jesus told us to do this, let him search us by his spirit and declare into the heavenlies, I am his and he is mine. Come and have your way. I'll follow you and you alone. So if you would, would you just, whatever position you would have if you wanted to talk to Jesus, that's, you close your eyes, kneel, whatever. And I want to talk to him and invite him and kind of lead us through communion. And after we take communion, I hope the response is if we were sitting around a table at the lamb, the feast of the the lamb, sitting there with Jesus as his family that he saved, and we just clinked our cups, there would be this great eruption of worship. And that's how we'll end today's service after we get done with praying. And so Jesus, I just, before we even touch a cup or a bread substitute, we just calm like quiet our souls. Holy Spirit of the living God, come and do one of the things you do, which is convict. Show us our sin. Show us our other lovers. Reveal to us, Lord, like your word, your word says let a person examine himself. So we join you in that work, and we look through our declarations, and we look through our hearts, and we look through what we belong to, and we look at the things that we worship, Lord, and would you do heart surgery? So people of God, I'm just going to sit you there, right? You talk to God. You have a mediator. It's Jesus. And I just want you to be honest with him. Some of you, you have been cheating. You've been sinning. You've been loving things that Jesus died for, and he wants to free you from it, but you must come to him. Others of you have been Christians for so long, and then sins have sluck in this week that they, they were gone for a while, but they came back. God is calling you back to read that, that remarriage up, that I am yours, I don't want that. Others of you, you're in here and you've never known God. This is God wooing you. Oh, he, he died to make you his. To actually restore your spiritual life, your soul back to what God intended it to do, which was to know him, walk with him and be free. He bid you to come And lay your life down and in, in exchange get the life of Jesus Christ in me is the hope of glory So I'm going to be quiet here And I just want you to search your heart I want you to confess your sins I want you to be honest with the God of heaven and earth Who sees it all anyway we love you. I thank you that you first loved us. So we, I hear you, like I've eagerly desired to eat this meal with you. So everybody in the room, I don't, don't pay attention to me and and don't even pay attention to the meal. Like lock eyes with Jesus, the lover of your soul. And while you're doing that, what I mean is don't change the channel. Keep, keep your heart and your affection on Going to grab that that whole cup if you're going to participate, and I'm going to lead you through it. And, and what I want you to do is to take that that wafer on the top there and just hold it in your hand. And I'm just going to read scripture over us, and then we're going to walk through it together. and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks. And he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and he broke it gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So you right there, you on your own, holding the bread, what signifies Jesus' body. I want you to bring to memory all that Jesus did. Bring it to mind and thank him. picture the cross, and I want you to picture the holes from the nails. And when you do, I want you to break that bread in your hand, between your fingers. This is Jesus' body broken for
1: you. Jesus, we
0: remember. I don't want to forget So we declare, God, that we remember and that your death paid for our sin. We remember that you died and were resurrected on the third day. We remember that you live today. We remember that we are yours and yours alone. So when you're ready, if you just want to eat that. the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So in the same way, if you just want to hold that cup with it open, and before we drink it, I want you to make in a verbal agreement in your heart and with your soul that, God, I covenant with you, which means where he goes, you go. His death you are declaring. Your death you're declaring. God, we belong to you. So just hold it there. and Talk to God, like, like make your vows to the Lord. your blood the holy blood of the living son of God poured out from the sin of man and as we drink it God we declare that we are yours mind, body and soul that we will follow you all the days of our life that we want no other lover we are yours and you are ours thank you, God, for what you've
1: done.
0: We partner with you. We covenant with you. This is the blood of the new covenant. So when you're ready, you just drink that. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes so God thank you thank you that we can call you father Abba we are your sons and daughters now forever by work that we did not do we thank you I picture us as like a big family around a table and you are at the head and we we clink our cups together we eat this meal and thanks I pray worship would erupt in this house that is pure and holy to you, that our lives would be a fragrant offering. And in these moments after this service, God, a beautiful fragrance of worship and prayer and repentance would, would issue forth. And so with your all's eyes still locked on Jesus, I wanna invite you into uh, how we end services this day. We, do, we don't dismiss, we don't have a hard stop. We just say, hey, you need to come and receive prayer, come and receive prayer. Our prayer teams will be up on either side of these walls, and they'll pray for you. They'll run to Jesus with you. If you need to come and lay yourself before the Lord uh, at this altar, at this, this front right here, fine, do that. If you just lose yourself in worship and awe and adoration of Jesus, that's fine too. Jesus loves you. Lord, move our hearts. Lord, move in this room. We give ourselves to you. So as the band starts to sing, I encourage you to respond to however God is leading your heart. And prayer teams, I would invite you to come up as soon as you're ready thank you for tuning in to the message today we hope that you were blessed and encouraged by the gospel if you need prayer for anything please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com we love you we're praying for you have a great week god bless